I used to say to the Lord, Lord, you know, would you be able to translate me home? I mean, I drove from Donegal in a fear, you know. And, uh, and I remember like going, Lord, you know, translate means just take me through time and space and let me land back in Ballyfermer. And I prayed, but it never happened, right? But I used to test the Lord a lot on it. And uh, I used to go, Lord, I'm going to close my eyes. And when I open my eyes, I'm going to be in Ballyfermer. So close my eyes momentarily. Momentarily close my eyes, and I'll be still on the road. And I've, I've even got to the point where I bargained with God and said, God, look, I won't tell anybody about it. And I heard heaven saying, yeah, right now. I would, but Brother Yun has a story in his book where he was going from village to village preaching. And he'd walk out one village, say he was here to Ballyfermer. He'd walk out one village and straight into the other. And I'm like, I want to meet this man. I want this man to put hands on me. Because I don't know whether you pray that prayer. Because it's all over the Bible about this stuff. This is not something I made of. This ask Elijah what that was like. Ask the men of God. Ask Enoch what it was like. Ask people in the Bible what it was like to do this. And But now we're able to talk to a living man and go, does anyone speak Chinese, by the way? I can translate Chinese. No. Oh, Sean does. Amen. But it, it will be a great night. We just want to... Be in the presence of someone that has walked with God like this. Amen. That's, that's the way we look at it. So, Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for what you're doing, O oh God. And, Father God, that there's nothing special about this man that's not special about each one here. Now, Lord God, we're sons and daughters of God. You've given your heart to Jesus. Believe me that everything, everything that heaven has is yours. It's your inheritance. And whatever we haven't got, Father, we want to stand today and say, Lord, can we have some of it today? What we're missing, what we're lacking, oh God. That, Lord, that we would receive of you today because you're a great dad, you're a loving father. You're kind and generous, that you're protective, oh God. And we just receive from you today. We say to every ear open, every eye open, every mind, be able to perceive the very thoughts of God towards you. Today, open up yourself, open up to the living God. Say to everything that's an obstacle, move. Amen. Amen. Just to let you know, there's a picture going to come up here that uh, Mags was saying that word. Uh, it's amazing when you say picture's going to, and trust Maliki wrong with heart, but you still look to make sure it's there. But um, so Liberty is in uh, Clondalkin. We have a church in Ardisu, we have a church in Bray. But like we also have a church in Lesotho in Africa. And last week Rob talked about, about us getting the tent. And, um, but this is our first Liberty Lesotho service um, in Africa. Come on, let's give it up for the Lord, will you? Look at that. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you. One church, many nations. Come on. That's the goodness of God. You know, 30 years ago, 30, nearly 30 years ago, the Lord says to us, I'll send, some out from other, I'll send some out from amongst you to other nations to declare my glory. 30 years ago. That's why Sharon wanted to go with Rob a couple of weeks ago. To see what God spoke to us. And here's the thing. When we were praying over the last weeks, we were going, other nations. It's not just one nation. That God has nations in his heart that some from amongst us will go out to. Amen. That's you. That's me. It's like we're not waiting on someone else to go me and God. Is, and here's the thing. To declare his glory. On tenure, the glory of God is coming. The glory, because there's no good going to another nation with a social program. The glory of God is what's going to revolutionize nations and governments, you name it. And this is what he said, Isaiah 66, I'll send some out from amongst you to other nations to declare my glory. And Lord, we said amen 29 years ago. We're saying amen again. So be it. Let it be so, Lord God. We see it with our own eyes, Lord. 
We've seen the way our own eyes, oh God. Lord, listen, God spoke to me. He says, no, you will live to see the works of your hands. I've been in situations where I could have been killed. Last scripture. No, God told me, I live to see the works of my hands. And I'm looking at it in the picture. I'm seeing the running around. I'm I'm listening to Chris and Sheila. I'm listening to Rob and the team that's been over. I've been over there. I see it with my own eyes. God is faithful to his promises. His promises are yes and amen. Just take the promises God has given you. Hold them out. Will you put your hand down? Take them out. Just remember them. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Them promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And that heaven agrees with earth and earth agrees with heaven today. We say amen, Lord, your promises in our life. For your goodness. Amen. I don't feel like preaching. I really feel like preaching today. I don't know. Like Mags got me going there a few minutes ago. I thought she was going to start preaching. But God is good, isn't he? God is very good in them. I don't know really what I want to do for them. I want to get us to stand. I want to get us to clap. I want to get us to sing. And I go, will you just preach and all? That's all you've come here to do. But um, I, I just want to take us. So we're on Psalm 11. Anyone enjoying the Psalms? I really am enjoying the Psalm. In fact, I just heard yesterday, I, don't, I have nothing to do with this family whatsoever. I, I just think it's ridiculous. But someone told me that Kim Kardashian called her baby Sam, spelled P-S-A-L-M. Hello. I'm like, even, even the Kardashians are getting a hold of this walk through the Psalms. But um, we're on Psalm 11, yeah? That's Psalm 11. Thanks, Ma. Let's, let's just read through it first. This is what David says. I've taken refuge in the Lord. How can you say to me, escape to the mountain like a bird? For look, the wicked string, the bow, they put the arrow on the bowstring to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes watch. He examines everyone. The Lord examines the righteous and the wicked. He hates the lover of violence. He will rain down burning coals and sulfur on the wicked. A scorching wind will be their portion. For the Lord is righteous. And he loves righteous deeds. And the upright, the righteous, will see his face. There it be so, Lord. Amen. So David is... is um, this is one of David's psalms. And the one thing I've learned about David is that I've known for years because he's one of my study subjects and, uh, and people in the Bible is that, um, that he's real and he's honest. And he's not talking, when, he, when you read the psalms, he's not talking in theories. He's not talking about, you know, once I heard a story, that he has lived through the very things that he is, he is writing in the psalms because he is real. He talks about smashing the teeth of his enemies. Don't you like that? Don't you just like real people like that? It's like, look, you go, oh, no, just bless them, Lord. When inside you go, smash them up, Lord. You know, like, and you just be honest. Like, it's not like God is not trying to get us to be unreal. He's not. And David was one of those people that he never wanted to live in shadows. He wanted to live in the realities of God. He never wanted to live in, like, God done this for Brother Yun, but he doesn't dream about him doing it for him. He says, if he has it, I want it. That's why, here's the spirit, here's the testimony of Jesus, Revelation says, is a spirit of prophecy. That what Jesus done once, he'd do again and again and again. That's why we can ask for these things. And this is David's life where he's saying, the Lord is my refuge. And he's talking about all these things because he has learned to make the Lord his refuge. He's not just done this out of, that's like a nice 
word to say. It's, it's, not, it's not just a crafted phrase that he came up with, that he has had to learn that God would be his refuge. And I found one of the stories that I feel to walk through is with this so that we can see that David lived his life in this manner, in the reality of who God was. And there was no greater place where this was challenged on David than when his family got taken off him by, by the Amalekites. And listen to what it says. It, it will come up on the screen. So David is like sharing with us a, a, a story, a theory, and there's no, not a theory, that there's no greater moment or challenge to who God is in his life than when the foundations of his life, the very fabric of what made him, made him move was taken from him. It says, David and his men arrived in Siklag on the third day. The Amalekites had raided the Negev and attacked and burned down Siklag, which is where David's family was. They also kidnapped the women and everyone in it, from the youngest to the oldest. They killed no one, but had carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men arrived at the town, they found it burnt down. Their wives, sons, and daughters had been kidnapped. David and his troops with him wept loudly until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives, Ahimnoam and the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been kidnapped. David was in a difficult position because the troops, his men, talked about stoning him, for they were all very bitter over the loss of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. David said to Abatar, the priest of Amimelech, Bring me the ephod. So Avatar brought it to him, and David asked the Lord, Should I pursue these raiders? Will I overtake them? The Lord replied to him, Pursue them, for you will certainly overtake them and rescue the people. Amen. So here's David, where Psalm 11, and like this story that it's not, this is not the background story to this, but, but it's a story that reveals that David wasn't just talking these things, but David was, was left with options when the biggest disaster that allowed him, that came into his life, happened in his life. What was the options for David? In a situation like this. What was the options? What are the options for you and I as Christians. When challenges, disgraces or disasters invade our lives. And you see this has happened. David's whole family. Everything that he lived for was gone. All of his men. All of their kids and family and possessions was gone. And it says that they wept aloud. Till all their strength was gone. And I, I, you know what I love about the Lord. He allows us to feel things. He allows us, he, he doesn't go, well, just praise the Lord and get over it. He allows us to go through the process of, of weeping, of when loss comes in. He allows us to go through the process when pain comes in, injustice comes in, or rejections come in, and all types of disasters and disgraces and destruction comes into our life. He doesn't just wash over this stuff. He has made us with feelings. He has made us as people who feel things. And it's only when we push them down or we live in a place of denial that we're, we're, we're not going to him as our refuge and we build, build some false refuges around it. He allows us. And, and, and you know, we go from that extreme to extremes, don't we? We go from, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of weeping and there's a lot of, of brokenness and there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of anger and a lot of all types of things. And, and he allows us to go through that. But the reality is he doesn't want us to live there forever either. And then you have the other extreme. There you go, how are you doing, brother? I know your house just caved in. Praise the Lord. He doesn't want us to live there either in denial. He doesn't want us to go live in a refuge of denial that it didn't even really happen. But he's also aware 
that in those two extremes that we can make decisions. And instead of him being our refuge, that these decisions can become strongholds that are bondages to our lives in the end. He knows this. He knows there's a time for weeping. He knows there's a time for praising the Lord but he, and, and, and getting into that place. But he doesn't want us to enter in. I'm 30 years walking with Jesus. I've seen all the extremes in them things where people are like, no, this is a disaster that's never going to change and that's just it. And they make that their refuge. Or they go to the Nile and make that their refuge. There's a time when God allows us to go to boats for his goal, his dream, is that we make him a refuge. In these moments, atmospheres are, 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 are established. Feelings, decisions are made. Do you ever were even in a situation when disaster comes, you go, I will never let that happen again. I will never put myself out there for that again. I will never trust them again. I will never, and decisions and, and, and atmospheres being created around us, thoughts are rampant that create life's pathways and attitudes are formed. The ninja nearly came out me there, Mags. I'm trained to have anyone walks behind me to take them out. I took, a, took authority over that thought, Mags. Don't be ignoring me, Mags, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't take you on. Look what happened, Andy. <laughs> that in these moments, decisions are made and feelings are felt and thoughts are rampant and atmospheres are created. And instead of refuges, refuges, places of refuge, we end up with places of stronghold. What's a refuge? A refuge is a place that gives protection or shelter from danger, trouble, unhappiness, feelings, thoughts, or pain. A stronghold is anything in their thinking that will set itself up against who God is and God's plans and God's knowledge for your life. And the Bible says that these type of strongholds have to be demolished. I love Paul's language. He says, demolished. Everything that sets itself up, every thought, every take it captive and bring it under obedience to God. Because if not, we're left with false refuges. We're left with shadows of what could be. So we settle for denial. We settle for I'm grand. We settle for I'll just get on with. We settle for maybe God intended this to happen so that he could teach me a lesson. I've heard. I remember the lady said to me, in the, she, me and Sharon was in the car. She's in the back scene. She says, I just found out I have cancer and it's okay because God gave it to me to, to, to keep me humble. I said, honey, I don't know what God you're serving. But that's not the God of the Bible. But we go to those places and we build a refuge around lies and deceit. That, well, it's God. And I'm grand and I'll get on with it. Or, or the opposite is the refuge of pity, which prohibits you from breaking through into action and into freedom. A refuge can be man-made, built on human thinking, self-resilience, human strength alone. A refuge of trusting in things. When disaster comes, all of these flood our minds and who we are. Well, I'll build a refuge I'll never want again. I'll work harder, get a bigger job, get a bigger house. I'll build on relationships. I'll put security in there and, and everything else that is just a false refuge because all of them things can be taken. Just as people who've lost their houses in the last recession. 
The things that we build our refuge around. And here's what they said to David. David escaped, run to the, run to the mountains. Have you ever wanted to be there? Have you ever been there? Well, I'm out here like a board. Woo! We build a refuge of escapism. Walk, escape into hobbies, escape into isolation, escape into addictions, eating, gaming, gambling, drugs, alcohol, pornography, politics. Escape into spirituality without dealing with the problem, what's going on. David says, how can I run away like a bird? Here's the, here's the, 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 the voice back to him. They've strung, they put the bow, in the, the arrow in the bow. The arrow, they'll come out of the darkness. They'll come out of the shadows and pour it into you. Creating in David a, a, a fear factor. Creating in him, look, if you don't run away, I'm telling you, they're going to come out of shadows for you. They're going to come out and get you. They're going to come in the night time. They're going to come in your dreams. The deadly pestilence will come and try to rob you. And then there's a whole thing of escape. It says that in David's, in, David's, in David's story, everything is gone. All the thoughts, all the options before David are there. Look, they're there before you and me. And they said, David, it says the men were going to kill him. The fear factor was kicking in. And David is telling us in this psalm and showing us that this is what the enemy does. This is the thoughts that flood the mind of the upright. Those who want to walk with God and trust with God. Those who want to rob us from him, rob our lives from him being our refuge. They come in. They're going to get you. Your past is going to creep up on you. Have you been there? If they only knew. Arrows creating paranoia. Taking grip, fear, gripping our hearts and minds, our bodies, our soul, full of anxiety, full of panic, full of questioning. God's capability. That's what they're there to do. Can God get you out of this? Can God break through in this? And all of my answers to them, things that come into my life, reveals where I'm at with God. So David asks the question, what, when the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Because I know we're not dealing with Mickey Mouse stuff. I know we're real people with real, real situations and real problems and real pain. And Did I keep saying real? Real pain. Real heartache and real invasion of our lives. And we've done real bad things and we've done real sin. But we've a real God. And David says, what? When the foundations are destroyed, what are the righteous to do? When they're coming out of shadows, when, when, when everything has drawn me here, there, and everywhere, and pulling me everywhere, what am I to do? When the biggest painful thing that's happened in my world, what am I to do? Great question. Great answer. David's situation when everything was gone. Listen to what it says. They wept until all the strength was gone. That's a lot of weeping. But there's a great moment when the until comes. And when the until comes, I can't, I've no more strength to weep. I've no more strength to cry about it. I've no more strength to deny it. I've no more strength to, to fight it. I've no more strength to ring someone else. I've no more strength to text somebody else. I've no more strength to, to, to give out about it. I've to give off about it. I'll beat myself about it. I'll get angry about it. I've no more strength. And when he came to that place, and then when David, until that time, that's a time frame. And that time frame is like, until that happens, we go to all the extremes. But when it does happen, we have to no more strength. Men wanted to kill him. 
says, but David found strength in the Lord. He's telling us what happens when the foundation is pulled down from underneath us. And we go through all those processes and we're up, down, in and out. And we're over and under and, 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 and we don't know where we're going. What do we do? Because until that moment, there's an until where nothing else can be done. Where there's no more weeping, there's no more crying, there's no more giving out, there's no more pain. Because you've gone through it all and you've no more shame, And then you come to that place, I'm going to God. I'm going to God. I'm going to, 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 to connect with the divine. I'm going to know who he is in this situation because I've done everything else. I've gone everywhere else. And David is saying that you were created to create an atmosphere for you to live in. And he went and found this strength in the Lord. He went and found that, that God was real. That God is in it. That God created humanity to be able to create a space and a place to receive his grace. That's the authority that he's given to you and me. And David removed himself from the pain, removed himself from the threats, removed himself from the men, removed himself from those who were still bitter and still angry. He says, I need to get away, I need to get with God. And he went and got with God. He chose God as his refuge. He chose God above everything else. He says, what do you do when the righteous founda- when the foundations are broken and damaged? This is what he says. He says, I look to the holy temple. I look to God's throne who is in heaven. He looked to create a pattern for his life to go to God, that, to go to his throne, because his throne is unshakable. His throne is undeniable, un- unbeatable, undefeatable, unstoppable, unflappable. His throne is unending. He says, I'm going to go there because everywhere else comes to an end. He encourages himself with the Lord. I don't know how you encourage yourself in the Lord. But I just love to worship God. I love to sing. I love to sing because when you worship God, somehow you're reaching back into the past victories and says, no, God who came through for me there is the same God today. The God who broke in there will break out here. The God who opened me up, the God who called me, who loves me, who died on a cross for me, he's the one. And David was building his trust with God himself. He says, the Lord is my refuge. This is not some house. This is not some person. This is not some idea or ideology or philosophy or some religion. He says, God. God himself. The one who created everything that we see and things that we don't see. He's the one that's my refuge. There's nothing that he can do. Why should I fear man when I've got on my side? And all the questions that are being asked of us reveals what we need to get from him. Well, I am in fear. Okay, now you need to know how great I am. I am in pain. You need to know that I'm a healer. Well, Lord, I don't see a way. You need to know I'm the God that will make a way where there seems to be no way. That's what he says. It's not the rubbish yours out to put us down is he's like well i don't trust anymore i'll show you you can trust me again he built out of intimacy and seeking god and talking to god and praising god and trusting god and running after god and he says to avatar in the story he says bring me the ephod i'm gonna seek god and he sought god and he says go after them get up go after them you will retrieve everything that has been given 30 years and walk with Jesus, I'll tell you, he can give you back the years that the enemy has eaten. Stuff that you gave away, he can give it back to you. Things that we thought we'd never have, he can give it back to you. Joy that we thought we'd given away, and I don't ever know that as a Christian, as a non-Christian, you go, oh, that's it. We, we, we live in a refuge of resignment, that we resign ourselves. We resign ourselves to this is my law. And God says, come on, just come to me. 
Seek me. Let me into that place. Because, and he says that you will pursue these, you will overtake them, and you will retrieve. And that's what he's doing. Everything. And listen to what he says in Psalm 11. His eyes, he examines everyone. The Lord examines the righteous and the wicked. Listen to what the wicked word wicked means. It's Rasha. R-A-S-H-I-A. Not Rasha. Rasha. And uh, I, I was in Tesco's in Bali for Amateur today. I kid you not. An old woman goes, come here, Rasha. Right? I looked around. There was a woman the same age going, what do you want, love? It was like a woman called Rasha. I'm like, only in Balear. Anyway, this is Rasha. It means those who are loose with God. Those who are loose with God. And he says, but my eyes are on the wicked and the righteous. The lover of violence. He will rain down burning cold, sulfur on the wicked and scorching things. The one and scorching wind will be their portion. The one thing that I've realized in all this, that God is your, has his eye on you. That God knows everything. He watches over you. He has his eye on the sparrow and he watches over you. And preaching through the Psalms, one of the things I've realized is the wickedness of man. The wickedness of man, the evil doings of man. And God says, listen to what David prayed. Lord, let the, let the wind be the, be the scorching wind. Let their portion, their inheritance be the, the, be the scorching wind. And I found myself reading this this week. And I found myself praying for things and against things. And I prayed about things that, Lord, see them. Let their inheritance be the scorching wind. See those who think they rule their communities and can put a death sentence over a young man or young woman. Let their inheritance be the scorching wind. Let the people that do evil, that break down people, that break down families. See those who are in government that are killing their babies before they're even born. Let their inheritance be the portion. Let their portion be the scorching wind. Why should they prosper? Take their money from them. Take their prestige from them. Take their popularity from them. Take their money from them, Lord. Render them useless and powerless so they can turn to you. Why should we, in a sense, God says, bless your government. It doesn't say bless the wickedness that they're in. Because it's a smoke screen for the purposes of the devil himself. They're puppets. But it's a smoke screen. Why does the wicked prosper? I tell you why, because the enemy has a plan. That as long as they keep prospering, that they'll keep on doing what they're doing and worse. But we're called to pull down. We're called to uproot. We're called to destroy. And we're called not to bless wickedness. We're called to bless people. But not their wicked doings. And I say, Lord, let the drug dealers, in, let, them, let their portion be the scorching wind. Amen? Let those who are pulling down, let the doctors who are agreeing with certain things, let their inheritance be the portion. Be the, I keep saying that word portion. Be the scorching wind. Why should we agree with that? Why should? Let, that, let them know what it is. And what he's saying is, is that they get their opens in the end. As you sow, you'll reap. Old Testament and New Testament. I'm finishing because it's late. He says, see the righteous deeds, just keep doing the right thing. Because the right thing always produces the right results. Keep pressing into God. Keep believing him for your healing. Keep believing him for your freedom. Keep pressing in for what you need because he has it. He says, the Lord loves the righteous deeds. And he says, those who do righteous deeds will see my face. Keep pressing in. It's always the right thing to do. It's the right thing. Keep seeking God. Keep praying. Keep asking him. Keep knocking. Keep, keep looking towards him. Keep sitting in his presence. He says, you will see his face. You will see his face. You want to see his face? Let's close our eyes. He'll, do, he'll bring you a breakthrough. Just press into him right now. Saying, I have made the Lord my refuge. I forsake any other false refuge. 
I forsake every other life because the Lord is my rock. If I'm not there, I want to be there. What will I do when the foundation is shaken? Well, I'm up to the holy throne. Up to the holy temple where Christ is unshakable. And I find my strength in you, God. Could we stand for this last prayer? So just close your eyes for a moment. Lord, Holy Spirit, will you show us wherever we've gone to for refuge outside of you? Will you show us right now? Call us to the place of security that's found in Jesus. A place where we can find salvation, forgiveness of sin, love, intimacy, power, breakthrough. We run away from any false things. We don't want shadows. We want the reality of God. Amen. And that, Lord, we look to you. We know, Lord God, that you're watching us, oh God, so we fear not. So we just reject fear in the name of Jesus. And everything that comes with it, we break your, your attack in our lives. We break it down right now. We sever any agreement that we've had with fear. We sever that right now in the name of Jesus. We look to you, God. We say, Lord, you are my refuge. You're my strength. You're my stronghold. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. You're my shepherd. You're my father. You can say amen when I say this. You're my father. You're the one that will look after me. Amen. You're the one that will hold on to me. You're the one that will comfort me. You're the one that will restore all things unto me. You're the one, oh God, that will tell me, come on, it's time to get up, son. Come on, daughter, it's time to get up. It's time for action now. Come on, I've loved you in the process. I've loved you. I've waited. But now there's a time now. Now there's a time now. And I just say, just reach out to him. Now is my time. Now is my time. In the name of Jesus, all the wicked, leave leave them with God. Let let their portion be the scorching wind. But you do the right thing. You pray. You believe. You forgive. You move on so that God can move you on. That you will see his face. So I was praying with my daughter, um, I am Becky and Greg and little Jesse a couple of weeks ago in, in their house, and and um, we're praying together. And uh, I, I we start to pray in tongues, and I'm praying in this tongue. And um, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, seek Jesus for it. Believe me. This is what the Lord showed me. That Paul says that you're when you speak in tongues, you're 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 uttering the mysteries of God into the air, into the atmosphere. There you go. You're building your whole world around with the mysteries of God that he wants to reveal to you. I'm praying in tongues, believing this, knowing this. And I start praying in another tongue, which was like just a tongue that needed interpretation. And, um, and I prayed, and, and then I, I asked Becky and Greg, had they got the interpretation? And uh, both of them says no, but they believe there is inter- interpretation. The Bible says that if they haven't got it, you should ask who spoke in tongues. So I asked the Lord for it. I want you to close your eyes because I want you to receive this. So I asked the Lord for it. I seen, I seen it, it. I said, Lord, what's the interpretation? And I seen like a moving picture. And in the picture, there was like a, a sand, a sandstone, like a big slab of, of stone that was like sand color. And Anna was writing, and the writing was like Hebrew or some Aramaic or something like that on the stone. And, they, and I said, Lord, I couldn't read. And I said, Lord, what's the interpretation? And with that little wind came, it blew a lot of the sand off it. And, they, and then written on it was that the glory of God is coming. The glory of God is coming. You just hold out your hands. 
glory of God is coming. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't even know what it's going to feel like. But I'm not in my, in somewhere inside me, this is where I know. Now, when the glory of God comes, there's no devil that can stand in your way. There's no stronghold. There's no mountain. There's no nothing can stand in the way of the glory of God. That the glory of God is coming. And I just pronounce that and declare that and decree that over every one of us as a church, as individuals, as families, as, as ministers of God, as people who do the things of God. I just declare over you. You want to lift up your hand? I declare over you that the glory of God is coming. The glory of God is coming upon you. And I say, arise, shine, for the light has come. And the glory of God has risen upon you. And we say, Lord, let your breakthrough, let your drawing of us into your presence be so real, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We reject shadows and we take on the reality of who you are. I speak over your life. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and he gives you right now shalom in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thanks for being patient. We're missing them. And God bless. Have a great week.